Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative, and lifestyle medicine. Today's show topic is Alzheimer's disease prevention and treatment with the MIND diet. Our guest today is Dr. Martha Claire Morse. She's an epidemiologist from the Department of Internal Medicine and Alzheimer's Disease Center at Rush University Medical Center in Chicago, Illinois. And she's written at least two papers that I find very interesting. One was called uh, Mind Diet Associated with Reduced Incidence of Alzheimer's Disease in Alzheimer's and Dementia. And the other one was Mind Diet Slows Cognitive Decline with Aging. So with that said, welcome, Dr. Morse. Thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, thank you. One of the things that comes to me as a clinician is that when I talk to patients about chronic diseases, heart disease, cancer, diabetes, et cetera, one of their greatest fears, I think more than those diseases, is Alzheimer's disease. Um, it has a mystery to it. It has, you know, an aspect of there's no hope sometimes, and you don't want to be in that state, have your body intact, but your your brain not. And I was just wondering if that perception that I have is 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 a perception that you might have when you talk to other people about Alzheimer's disease. Absolutely. There is definitely a well-founded fear of Alzheimer's disease. We've come so far in our understanding of the causes and treatments of both heart disease and cancer, whereas for Alzheimer's disease right now, we don't have a cure. The treatments are largely ineffective, but it is encouraging that we have made quite a bit of progress in understanding some of the preventive factors for Alzheimer's disease. What is the kind of the, the morbidity, mortality of Alzheimer's disease as a public health issue at this moment? So right now... The disease affects over 5 million people in the U.S., and um, there's a increase in prevalence that is exponential with older age. So it affects about 3% of people between 65 and 74 years of age, about 17% of those 75 to 84, and about half of those 85 years and older. So you can see there's a steep increase with older age. And if you could get people to do what you want to do, what age would you start, well, maybe this is an obvious question, but what age would you really start trying to incorporate these preventive diet and lifestyle factors to make an impact on further Alzheimer's disease? In other words, if you started at 60, that's one thing. If you started at 30, that's another thing. What what would be your ideal? Well, if you look at the chronic diseases, um, and I think most people are familiar with heart disease, um, the, the factors that lead to increased risk of heart disease are things that you can change in your, your lifestyle if you haven't already in your 20s and 30s and have a good chance of keeping your heart healthy. And I think that the same thing occurs with Alzheimer's disease, although we aren't really exactly sure. We do know that the disease um, begins 20 years, 15 to 20 years before you see actual clinical evidence of the disease. So beginning these lifestyle changes early on in your life can only benefit you when it comes to keeping the brain healthy. You know, I was just thinking that, you know, how do you motivate a younger person in their 20s and 30s for a disease that they would perceive as happening 
you know, in, in their grandparents. But I guess one way might be is that there's going to be a whole lot of caretakers taking care of Alzheimer's disease patients. And I'm sure some grandchildren and obviously children will be taking care of their parents and realize, wow, this is a very intense disease. And maybe maybe that's a way to get people to start thinking about it in a, kind of a backwards way. Well, the, the um, preventive factors for Alzheimer's disease are very much the same, in many ways, the same as for heart disease and for cancer. And they're also important for keeping both the body and the brain healthy at, at younger ages. So that would be a motivator because it's eating healthfully and also being physically active can have important benefits when you're younger and this can translate into preventing these chronic diseases as you grow older. What research or physicians or studies kind of turned your head to say, I want to focus my energy and talent on looking at diet and Alzheimer's disease? Was there a turning point somewhere in, in your professional career? When I started out in my career as a faculty member, which was at Rush, I was, it was my first faculty position, I began my work here with a group that was just starting up a study to look at prevention of Alzheimer's disease, what factors in our life put us at increased risk or protected us from getting Alzheimer's disease and having cognitive decline. That was back in 1993 when we first started a very long-term important population study of risk factors for Alzheimer's disease. At that point, there really was no study of diet as it relates to Alzheimer's disease. And I had attended and gotten my doctoral degree at the Harvard School of Public Health and had the great fortune to study under Walter Willett, who is one of the premier nutritional epidemiologists in the world. So I had an opportunity here at Rush to add diet as a component to our studies. Can you tell me then, you have two studies that you've done, uh, the mind diet, well, more than two studies, but the mind diet associated with the reduced incidence of Alzheimer's disease and the mind diet slows cognitive decline with aging. And those are both in 2015. Can you just summarize each of those and put them in perspective and maybe also highlight what the mind diet is, because I keep using this term and maybe no one knows what I'm talking about? Certainly. So I've been studying in our population studies here at Rush about what nutrients and what foods or food groups help to prevent Alzheimer's disease, dementia, and slow cognitive decline for almost, well, 25 years. And we then next started thinking about diet patterns, what diet patterns would be the best to keep your brain healthy and prevent Alzheimer's. And the two that have been studied the most have been the Mediterranean diet and the DASH diet, which was a diet developed to control or lower blood pressure and control hypertension. Both of those diets have been shown through randomized diet intervention trials to be preventive for cardiovascular conditions and illnesses. And so we, we were looking at those diets and found that both diets, both the DASH and Mediterranean diet, slowed cognitive decline 
and also prevented the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. Neither of those two diets incorporated the literature that was specific to, and the most compelling evidence, for nutrients and foods that protect the brain with aging. So we set out to take the, the basics of those two important diets, which are, have all of the important food groups. They're very well-rounded diets. And we modified the basics of those two diets to reflect the most compelling scientific evidence on nutrition in the brain. And that's how we came up with the MIND diet. So in our two studies that were published this last year, we first related the, the three diets, the MIND diet, the Mediterranean, and DASH diets to risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. And people who scored in the top third of the MIND diet score and in the, the top third of the Mediterranean diet score had a similar reduction of 53, 54% reduction in the risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. The DASH diet was um, a little less effective, but still uh, showed significant reduction. And, but what was really interesting was people who scored even in the intermediate range of scores for the MIND diet still had a 35% reduction in the risk of developing Alzheimer's. And neither of the other two diets had a similar risk reduction with uh, just moderate adherence. So that was the first study. Uh, the second study, we looked at, we had a, a very long battery of cognitive tests that all of our participants completed on an annual basis. And over an average of uh, four and a half years of follow-up, we were able to look at individual changes in cognitive function over time by these diet scores. And the MIND diet was effective in slowing cognitive decline at about twice the rate of either the Mediterranean or DASH diets. So it seemed to be a much more powerful scoring system for, for protecting brain health than either the Mediterranean or DASH diet. Before we get exactly into some of the specific components, if you could... In, in short, if, if you said the MIND diet is different from the DASH diet by X and the MIND diet is different from the Mediterranean diet by X, is there a way to do that that's simple for you? You know, the differences between the two? I mean, the MIND diet in each one of those diets? In terms of their cognitive change? No, in terms of their what their component. You know, what's the big difference like? Oh, everybody... what's the difference in the component? Yeah, I mean, that, that's what people are thinking. Like, okay, this MIND diet. Now, what's the difference between the Mediterranean diet and what's the difference between the DASH diet? Okay. Well, the, the differences vary by the, the DASH and Mediterranean diet, but I'll just take, uh, take you through some of the highlights. Both the DASH and the Mediterranean diets um, have a very high number of uh, vegetable servings per day re uh, recommended and fruit servings per day, about three to four each of both fruits and vegetables, which is a lot to... Um, a U.S. population where uh, fruit and vegetable consumption is pretty low. We, in our knowledge of the literature on nutrition in the brain, vegetable intake is associated with slower cognitive decline. 
So, but the effect it seems to be much stronger in the consumption of green leafy vegetables. So that would include kale, spinach, collard, greens, uh, romaine, lettuce, things like that. So the MIND diet splits off green leafy vegetables as a separate component. And uh, the recommendation is uh, six or more servings per week of green leafy vegetables. Whereas for the Mediterranean diet, for example, it's just vegetables, four or more servings per day. Another difference, the fruit uh, recommendation for DASH in mind, the studies to date do not find that fruits as a general category are effective in slowing cognitive decline, preventing dementia. But berry consumption has been shown to be very important for the brain. So the MIND diet specifies two or more servings of berries per week. So that includes blueberries, strawberries, raspberries, blackberries, cranberries, all the berries. So those are two important um, changes. Um, fish uh, is another one to highlight. The Mediterranean diet, the traditional Greek Mediterranean diet, um, is, has a fish frequency of more than six per week. So that's basically eating fish every single day of the week. Whereas the literature has shown thus far that the level of benefit for the brain is just one fish meal a week. So the MIND diet recommends one or more fish meals per week. We are talking to Dr. Martha Claire Morse, epidemiologist from the Department of Internal Medicine at Al and the Alzheimer's Disease Center at Rush Medical College, or Rush Medical Center in Chicago, Illinois, co-author of a, and researcher on the MIND diet and Alzheimer's disease in two publications in Alzheimer's and dementia recently. And probably what I'd like to do is the most interesting parts for people is like, We've gone through fish consumption. Uh, that's about one time per week. We got the berries down. We got the green leafies down. So let's get into the mind diet and fats because it's one of the more controversial areas. And I'd like to start off with saturated fat, which generally comes from animal food. What is the role of saturated fat in the, the mind diet and in Alzheimer's disease? The um, studies that have investigated different types of fats in relation to dementia and cognitive decline are pretty consistently showing that a high saturated or trans fat diet increases your risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. And a diet that is higher in the saturated than the healthy unsaturated fats also increases your risk. Some animal models have pointed to the blood-brain barrier as one of the mechanisms by which that might occur, that the saturated, high-saturated trans fats diets, they impair the integrity of the blood-brain barrier that prevents harmful substances from entering the brain and also transports important nutrients into the brain. So in the MIND diet, there's five unhealthy food categories most of which have to do with limiting foods that are high in saturated and trans fats. So in the U.S., one of the um, biggest contributors to saturated fat is whole fat cheese and, you know, cheese products like pizza. So we limit in the MIND diet um, whole fat cheese 
servings to less than one serving per week. Also, we limit fried foods to um, just uh, less than one time per week. And uh, red meat and red meat products, no more than three meals per week. So those are some of the, um, oh, and butter and margarine we also limit to less than a tablespoon per day. So some people would say that you lumped in just the conversation that Kirk, you weren't being fair. You lump saturated fats together with trans fats. Everybody on ev- almost every diet discipline, I don't care who you are, a vegan or a paleo person, everybody would says get rid of trans fats. But some would say then, well, what if I eat free-ranged, um, pristine, grass-fed animals every day? That would be a source of saturated fat. Would that be an issue, do you think, if they did it daily? They just would not be getting a, a top score on the MIND diet. The, the scoring system that we used that was related to Alzheimer's and to cognitive decline used the cutoff of no more than three meals of red meat and red meat products per week. Now, granted, we did not have information that could parse out people who were eating very, very, very lean red meats mm-hmm. and those who were eating fattier red meats. So perhaps this is getting to a level of detail that there just is not data for when it comes to brain health. However, the bottom line is that restricting the composition of the the saturated fat in the diet to a low level, the evidence shows that it is likely to help you prevent Alzheimer's disease. Okay. Well, there's there's three other oils here that have a lot of popularity and maybe you could go through them with me. One is coconut oil that has medium chain triglycerides. There's, you know, anecdotal evidence that people give it and Alzheimer's disease improve, but coconut oil is also rich in saturated fat. Would that be something that you would, from your research, say, keep down to a minimum? Well, I like to base my recommendations on data. And right now there really isn't data to guide whether coconut oil is beneficial or harmful for the brain and Alzheimer's disease. Okay. How about fish oil, omega-3 fats? Well, fish has been related in study after study to the prevention of Alzheimer's and cognitive decline. However, fish oil supplements, the trials that have looked at fish oil supplements have not shown benefit. Now, the, the fish oil trials have not targeted people who don't eat fish and therefore have very low levels of omega-3s in their their system. And that's important because the studies that have shown benefit, it's between those who don't eat fish and those who eat it one meal a week or, or more. So it's a very low level of consumption. And the clinical trials thus far have not tested that particular um, hypothesis. How about olive oil? Olive oil is obvious. Well, it is one of the recommendations in the MIND diet. Can you put that in perspective for us? There has actually been um, a randomized trial called PREDIMED that was conducted in Spain. And the primary reason for the PREDIMED trial was to look at the Mediterranean diet with or without olive oil and with or without nuts in relation to cardiovascular disease outcomes. Um, They did have a sub-study that also had a few cognitive tests 
and showed benefit from the mosa nut and the olive oil enriched Mediterranean diets. So there is um, fairly good evidence there to support that at least the extra virgin olive oil, which is high in polyphenols, may have benefit for protecting the brain. And I, I know this might be hard, but is there a ballpark amount? Because you can pour it on everything or you can have a you know a tablespoon on your salad you know, every day. So is there some kind of limit? That, again, is data that is so limited that it would be difficult to confidently have a recommendation. Okay. Well, let's go to another area, and that is um, it's very popular to, you know, everybody's gluten-free and, and a lot of people bash grains. And, and usually my comeback is, is that I'm, I'm very sensitive to glutinous grains as, as well in the sense of food intolerance, but almost every healthy blue zone culture has a staple grain. So I'm wondering if you can put grains in perspective in the mind diet and, for, and its effect on Alzheimer's. Sure. There really is not data to specifically support that grain, whole grains are either beneficial or not for uh, dementia. We include whole grains in the MIND diet for a number of reasons. First of all, whole grains, and I'm not talking about refined white grains like white rice, white bread, rolls, bagels, things like that, but the whole grains have been demonstrated to both lower one's risk of heart disease and also they're very important for preventing and lowering one's risk of diabetes. Both of those chronic conditions are linked to greater risk of developing Alzheimer's. So they're very important for a healthy diet. They also, another reason is they're a good source of vitamin E, uh, B vitamins that have been linked to good brain health and prevention of Alzheimer's disease. So on those two levels, we um, included whole grains as a primary component of uh, the MIND diet. Much further study needs to be done to look at whole grains versus refined grains in relation to dementia. How about uh, beans, which are another you know, part of the good carbohydrate family? Can you comment on that? Sure. Beans is another component of the MIND diet. And um, again, there is not direct evidence one way or the other that eating beans will reduce your risk of Alzheimer's disease. But again, beans is a very good source of protein that is absent of the saturated and trans fats. So it gives you a very good source of protein, which is required for good health. Um, and is also high in folate and other B vitamins that have been shown to be good for brain health. Would processed foods that have high glycemic index, maybe there's not data on it. Is there any data on that, I guess? There, there's so limited data that there... Uh, it's difficult to make a comment on glycemic load and what effect that has on the brain. So in the, the list of foods that you gave to kind of, on the not the bad list, but to watch out for, you had red meats, butter stick, margarine, the cheese the cheese factor, and then pastries and sweets and pastries fried... Pastries and sweets, yes. Uh, okay. Nuts, nuts and seeds. How about that on the mind diet? 
Okay. As I mentioned earlier with the PREDIMED study, they did have an arm that was the Mediterranean diet, plus um, they handed out nuts to their um, participants for daily consumption of nuts and um, did find that this had a beneficial effect on slowing cognitive decline. So there is very good evidence that nuts as a food category is um, potentially benefit for, of good benefit for preventing dementia and protecting the brain. Nuts are also very good sources, prime sources of vitamin E, E vitamins, and alpha-linolenic acid, one of the um, omega-3 fatty acids. So both from a nutrient level as well as clinical trial evidence, um, nuts appears to be important for the brain. Well, I think we've got most of the dietary components. I know this is, might be outside the realm of the studies that you did, but let's talk about exercise. How important is daily exercise in Alzheimer's disease prevention or treatment? There really haven't been randomized diet intervention trials specifically to prevent dementia in anywhere in the world, but also in the U.S. But there have been clinical trials that have looked at physical activity and have a number of them now have demonstrated that physical activity, and in particular aerobic activity, prevents cognitive decline, slows cognitive decline. And also uh, some studies have had brain imaging uh, measures in these trials, and they show that the changes, the you know, bad changes to the brain with age uh, were slowed in people who were in the aerobic or physical activity arm of the trial. Any ideas on uh, social structure or interaction? What's different in the industrialized countries, maybe more individualized, where in those countries that the Mediterranean diet, um, there may be more social structure. Does social structure play a role at all, do you know of, in Alzheimer's? Yeah, that's um, absolutely. Yeah, that's one of the primary prevention areas of studies that has been pretty consistent from one study to the next, that people who are most, more socially active, engaged, have good interactions in social situations, are protected from developing clinical Alzheimer's disease. How about a daily, how about retiring too early? <laughs> I don't know if there's been a specific you know, look at retirement. I don't know what you mean by too early. Well, well, I, I just, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious and said I'll have to work to 100. But, um, you know, people have, a, I hear it in patients all the time, you know, as if, if they, they have a daily sense of purpose when they're working. And yes. to be an elderly person in our culture, you know, you go and you sit somewhere. And my guess is it would have a negative impact. But I'm just wondering if you had any thoughts on that. Yeah, sense of purpose. There's far fewer studies that have looked specifically at that emotional psychological component, but uh, those studies that have looked at it have found that people do that do have a purpose in life, who have a positive affect, have a positive outlook on life. They are less likely to get de develop Alzheimer's disease. So there does seem to be something around that psycho-emotional component that is protective. What's next on the research agenda for Dr. Dr. Morris? Well, we are awaiting word 
from the National Institutes on Health of funding for a large clinical trial to test the mind diet as it relates to um, cognitive decline and changes in brain functioning and structure. So we're very excited about this opportunity to test it in a very rigorous fashion. How, in closing, how positive are you? How upbeat are you that we can deal with this Alzheimer's disease epidemic? Well, there seems to be a renewed uh, resolve by the federal government to increase funds in Alzheimer's research. We've had a very small piece of the funding pie in comparison to infectious disease, heart disease, cancer. So much progress has been made with those other diseases. There's been such limited funds for the study of Alzheimer's disease. I'm very optimistic now with this new insurgence of research funds that we can make better progress for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease and those who have it or um, are at huge risk. But also, we've made great inroads already into identifying preventive factors. And that message has to get out. There has to be more rigorous randomized trials to test some of these preventive factors like diet. And I'm optimistic, more optimistic now than I've ever been that we can make a difference in the public health with this awful disease. Well, how about this? This is another way of saying that same question, but on a personal level. Do you, with what you know, because obviously you're, quote, an expert, do you feel confident at, at your age that you're doing, that, you know, you'll probably be able to put Alzheimer's disease at bay? I mean, I know no one can predict everything, but I mean, do you feel confident in, your, in what you know and you're practicing now that in your own life that you can do that? Yes. I do believe that Alzheimer's disease is so similar to heart disease. And there are so many factors that play into increasing your risk of heart disease that a person has control over. And those same factors are implicated for the brain and for Alzheimer's disease. So I do believe that adhering to these healthy lifestyle behaviors can impact your risk, lower your risk of developing Alzheimer's disease. Perfect ending. (laughs) Dr. Morris, thank you so much for coming on the the show today. Sure. Thank you. And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. And remember, I I will have a link below the podcast to the two articles that uh, Dr. Morris has co-authored and along with uh, another summary of the mind diet. Uh, you can sign up for my podcast at stayinghealthytoday.com. This will be uploaded to iTunes. Uh, I'll talk to you soon and have hope that uh, you prevent these. You can, we can prevent Alzheimer's disease. I'm going to say it. I think we can do it. So I'll talk to you soon, and you have a great day. Mm-hmm.